following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Is everybody wrong about the Big Ten? Or is it just the fact that we have such a focused sample that when it expands, we get more more of everything factored in? Like, oh, maybe maybe we had blinders on a little bit. Yeah, I think both. Yeah. I think those are two of the many things that happened this weekend to them. Because the Big Ten's getting crushed right now. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Do you like the format of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or do you oh, want to no. go back to the Thursday, no. you Friday? you got to go back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Having having second-round games on a Monday when most of the country can't watch. You know, the first-round games, if you miss those, it's not as big a deal. You get to the second round, now you're kind of starting to get down to, you know, getting who's getting into the second weekend. Those right. are pretty huge games. I... And then I tried to stream them, and the ones that were on CBS, you can't stream. It was bullshit. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. We are off and running. It's the intentional foul. I didn't like most of what happened this weekend with the brackets, but then we'll, we'll get into we'll that get in, later. We'll get into that. We'll probably wrap with some bracket talk. We've got a jam-packed episode because uh, more free agency stuff, contract reworking. There's just a lot of news in general. We've got about a week away from opening day in Major League Baseball. Crazy. We'll run down the NBA, some college hoops news, and uh, we'll uh, we'll close with some bracket talk. And, uh, man, high school football starts on Friday Oof. in Wisconsin. Have fun, man. Thanks. Have fun. Feels like I just went to God, sleep. Can't wait till my Friday nights are wide open until what? Next next Thanksgiving, yep, basically? That's, that's about it. Yep. That's about it. All that and more. Coming up on this edition, so let's get to it. Uh, We'll start with some football. I want to start with the first thing that just broke hours ago, which my cousin texted me on, and I I was taking a nap, and I stayed off my phone, and I woke up to that message, and it is one of the worst things I've ever woken up to, is that the Packers re-signed Kevin King for $6 million. I don't even have thoughts. I don't even want to come to grips with that. Is the market that barren that there's nobody else that they could get either cheaper or better than Kevin King? I'm just curious. I I don't know. I mean, I I haven't reached out to Wildy or I haven't asked anybody on Twitter that, that covers the Packers like real. This is the best you guys could come up with a couple of weeks into free agency. I guess maybe it's, you know, it's the devil, you know. I mean, for six million bucks, what is out there? Um, are you going to get somebody possibly worse um, that is a is a crappier fit? And maybe you know, I don't know the dynamic of those guys in the locker room. Maybe they're all super tight. All those D bags. I don't know. I read somebody that that covers the team that said, you know, take the stats and the on field performance out of it. The feeling was from all the players that have talked about it so far today was that they are thrilled that he is yeah. back. So, you know, maybe that's a factor. I don't know. But if you're basing it on 
on performance the last couple seasons, it's not not a great sample size for him. Um, not including his injury history, which right, he's just one of those guys, and I think it's just his body type because he, you know, his his gifts are his curse. He's just hurt a lot. He's just dinged up a lot. He misses a game here, a game there, or he plays and he shouldn't play. Like in the NFC Championship game, he probably shouldn't have played because he got his ass burned. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess you know could be worse. You could be uh, you could be cutting all pro D backs. Oh man, we'll get to that uh, with the Bears in just a second. Um, apparently, they were they were or are trying to restructure Rodgers contract and I, I don't think they can do it anymore because they paid him his roster bonus so I think that ship has sailed but whether they do it down the road is different like I read something there there's a guy who specializes in in the Packers salary cap and the money that these teams are kicking down the road by restructuring all this stuff like these guys still have to get their money it's just not going to be this year because there's salary cap issues. So you promise it in a different form, and then it comes to fruition next year, the year before. I mean, it's not, um, what is it, Bobby Bonilla? Right. You know, we're not talking that kind of stuff. Braun, Yelich. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Braun's due money, like you mentioned last week, after he's mm-hmm. after he's going to retire. And Yelich is too. Right. All those guys. They're that's, still on yeah, the hook for yeah. money, but none of that's going to happen for the Packers, but it's like, you're dodging these salary cap issues that you're going to have to deal with again in the future, and they're trying to at least free up some more money, at least they were with Rodgers, which well, uh, th- they could have done an extension, and I, and I read an article yesterday or the day before where, you know, if you do that and you push some of this money later by adding years onto his contract, now you're delaying Jordan Love, and then maybe you're saying, you know, maybe this isn't going to work out because the quarterback is still going to be good. We can't, in a PR mode, get rid of him. So we're just going to have to hang on, and if Jordan Love leaves after he becomes a free agent, we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens next year with with Rodgers because, you know, he'll be going into that last year, and he's not going to want to be a lame duck quarterback. I think he's going to want to either get an extension, like you said, or cut me loose. And as I heard uh, Mike Heller say today on his show, you th- if you thought Brett Favre was vindictive, oh. Aaron Rodgers is as petty as they come. We all know that. Whether you love him or you hate him. He's been hanging you know, on to a draft he, night. He's a very petty dude. Since, right. So if the Packers are going to treat him in a way that he doesn't feel is great, um, I see no reason why he wouldn't turn around and go, hey, Chicago, oh, I know you've man. been looking for a quarterback for a century. You want one? <laughs> I'll play for the veteran. I mean, you can't allow the veteran minimum. The, you know, you the, want one? Hey, hey, Minnesota, Cousins' his contract's up. Hi. Oh, hey, Detroit, Jared Goff's awful. Want me for two years? I, I think the Packers' front office needs to be very careful and, you know, I, I certainly have no sympathy for them because this is the bed they made. They Absolutely. Got, they, they, they have to lie in it now. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I think they – it's going to be really hard, like you said, to move on from Rodgers if he's still playing. Well, you need a – Rodgers comes in because Favre gets hurt on Monday night against the Cowboys and leads them back to a win kind of game from Jordan Love this year. 
I think, to be able to have any comfort in making that decision because as great as he may look in practice, if you can't see it in a real game with real stakes, I don't know how you make that, that move. No. I just don't and, know how you do it. And save face. At least, with, at least when you made it with Favre, you could go, look, dude, look at, the, look at what Rodgers did in this game. Well, not only you that, know. but they could say, we're tired of waiting for you. Yes. If you're not committed to us, we're right. not committed and to there, you. And it was a different scenario. Right. For sure. So, I, you know, and, and I don't think that's necessarily going to happen because it's, and maybe, I mean, maybe it will now that he's going to be married whenever that happens. Maybe he's going to say, you know what? I want to start a family. I'm done playing football. You, you don't know. Um, or maybe he's going to, maybe the legacy thing is important. I can still play. I want to keep playing. I want to throw touchdowns. I want to, you know, try and get to the Super Bowl. I can still do it while I have gas left in the tank because that's what you hear from all the old guys who knew it was time to retire. And they regretted playing past that time that, you know, when that bell rang, they're like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hang on. And all of them say, I shouldn't have. I should have hung it up when I could feel things starting to decline and I pushed it too hard. But, like, if these guys don't hear that bell yet, why hang it up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So so I wouldn't blame if, if he – I mean, if you can still do it, yeah. do it. Well, and Because you can't get it back. If you look at the top ten quarterbacks of all time, I mean, with the exception of basically Elway and Marino, they all ended their teams somewhere else. Montana, Manning, Brady, Namath, um, Favre. So, been a lot of dudes that you can just pick off the top of your head that you, Johnny Unitas, um, that did not end up with the team that you associate them with. Not a good track record. And it usually doesn't end up well for them, but, you know, Montana almost made a Super Bowl. Yep. Favre almost made a Super Bowl. Um, it worked out for Brady, worked out for Manning. So, right. you never know. Let's go to the Bears. Yeesh. Do we have to? What the f- are they doing? <laughs> so Kyle Fuller was due, what did I see, $14 million or something, something like, like that? that? Yeah, And they cut him loose, and like within 24 hours, he reunites well, they, with Fangio. They they offered him a opportunity to take a substantial pay cut, which I don't know that that's an opportunity. <laughs> You're offering me an opportunity to cut my salary in and half? Make, and make less. And, right. Okay. And he obviously turned that down, so they decided to cut him. Yeah. And yeah, and he goes to Denver. Right. Fangio would, you know, there, there's familiarity there. Cool. Um, 20, I, mean, tw- I mean, 29-year-old corner, probably, well, not probably, on the back nine. Downside, yep. Mm-hmm. No question. I mean, unless you're a freak like a like a Charles Woodson or a Dion or one of these guys, which, I do, which Kyle Fuller is not, you're probably not going to be very effective past 32, maybe, 31. But I don't know. I mean, I I just have a hard time understanding why they had to do this right now. Um, there's nobody out there to go get. I, I just, you know, unless you're just going to, unless this is all a sabotage plan to just be awful. And then it goes back to my theory from last week where maybe Pace knows he's not getting fired. Maybe he's got assurances from the McCaskies that, listen, let's just tear it down and try again. That would be nuts to me. Especially since you're the guy who tried to build it up in the first right. place. You're I don't over know, one. I don't know why you would give that second chance. Exactly. But, like, when you look at some of the moves they're making, like, 
I didn't know anything about them trying to trade Nick Foles. I thought they were just going to pay him money to be Dalton's backup. Well, when when the Bears sent their overtures out about Wentz, Foles was in the package. And the Eagles, you know, I mean, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be their starter, and they might draft another quarterback, but they got to have a veteran in the room. And obviously... Foles is a legend there. He's not really making that much money. Um, so they could sell it in Philly as kind of a homecoming for him, and he's there to help out the young guys. And the Bears would get out of his contract, but then you only have one quarterback again. Now you're in the same boat you were in before you signed Dalton. So right. now are you basically saying, okay, we're going to draft a quarterback. He's going to be our backup. He's going to be our backup. Dalton's going to be here for one year, and then this new quarterback is going to take over next year? I don't know. Um, they're 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 the only ones that seem to understand what's going on because if you Nobody read or listen to any of the experts, they're all very confused as to what the end game is here for the Bears this mm-hmm. off season. What? Um, I, I mean, I know some of the score guys were printing inflammatory what, stuff. What's the uh, the guy? Is it Lawrence something on the score? Lawrence Holmes. Okay. I watched like a 10-minute clip on YouTube of him, mm-hmm. and he... Did he just eviscerate He eviscerated him, and he said it all, and he said it perfectly. He's a very well-spoken guy. He is. And, you know, the gist of it was Ryan Pace has become a master at not ever answering any questions about any kind of process that he goes through with any of his decisions. Sounds like Ted Thompson. And he's also mastered where he can set this up as, I tried. I tried to get Carson Wentz. I tried to get Russell Wilson. Right. Because one of the things that has pissed Bears fans off the most this offseason is that shit. We might get Wentz. We might get Watson. We might get Wilson. And there's been nobody involved in the Bears that has refuted anything. They've kind of led the fan base on to believe that one of these things might happen. And then out of nowhere, you just sign Andy Dalton. Those are the kind of things that he has not had to answer for publicly, and he keeps getting away with it. Um, so you think and it's really pissing off the people locally in Chicago. Do you think then if he does his homework and he does all those things and in his mind he can go and defend himself by saying, I made, I, I put in an effort. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. It didn't work out for the good of the franchise because for whatever reason they wanted too much, we didn't have enough assets, whatever. So... I tried, and and you think in his mind maybe he's like, that's good enough. Well, uh, sure, and and but the thing is, the problem is, we know you don't have enough assets to get Deshaun Watson. We know you don't have enough assets to get Russell Wilson. So the I tried isn't so doing anything. So you saying you tried, that, what does that mean? Pick up the phone. That's it. You know? I mean, What's there, it going to take? There was a report that he sat down with Schneider at um, one of somebody's pro day, and they talked. And apparently some some um, scenarios were exchanged, but I don't know. I, I think maybe it's not so much that he's not answering that question. It's just like, what are you doing? What is the direction here? You know, you trade up for Trubisky and then you just let him walk and he goes and signs to be somebody's backup for two million bucks. And you bring in Andy Dalton instead. What is how are we supposed to understand that logic? You know, at least with Ted Thompson, 
He didn't give you a lot, but you you knew the philosophy. Right. Every Packer fan, you might not have liked it, but you knew it. Mm-hmm. As a Bear fan, I don't know what the philosophy is. Right. What are you trying to be? Yeah. Are you a defensive team? You a running team? You trying to get the next great court? Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to lose? Are you trying to go eight and eight again to say try to save your job for another year? Like, what are we doing here? He's not going to answer those questions. Well, that's going to be questions that the the bear front office is going to have to answer because I think, you know, with the world being what it was, it'll be interesting to see what the tickets are and and all that revenue are like next year when fans come back. Right. You know, did people realize they can do without? Did people realize there were some things they needed to cut out of their life and maybe uh, a $500 Sunday afternoon in downtown Chicago at a bear game is something you can cut out, you know? And when you, and when you put a shitty product out and you really aren't explaining to anybody what's going on, it's a lot easier. why am I giving you my like, money? Yep. No, I, I agree with that. All right, a couple of other things. Um, staying in the division, uh, Patrick Peterson went to Minnesota one year, $10 million. That was a little surprising to me. I was surprised Arizona let him go. That that was the shock. Because he was kind of like their, their, uh, their mainstay yes. on that defense yep. for a long time. Yep, and I don't know whether they just think he doesn't. I, I didn't look at his numbers last year or the year before. Minnesota just needed a veteran back there, man. I, clearly, they, they got all their secondary has been a mess. Well, and they're all like twenty three years yeah. old. I mean, they needed a big boy back there to tell them what the hell was going on. Right. I mean, I'm just imagining him at training camp watching some of this stuff and going like, "Are you fucking kidding well, me?" And you know, what are you guys doing the the big boy in the division is Green Bay and it's right. Rodgers and, and, and if you can't you beat pieces. them, you That's can't it. win the division. So uh, Detroit lost uh, Kenny Galladay. He's going to the Giants, and I just saw um, that they were trying to sign Kyle Rudolph, and that is getting hung up with a with some sort of a foot problem mm. that, that that he's that he's had. And I okay. know I know the Vikings tried to dump him. Yeah. Um, who else did the Giants get? Uh, Adoree Jackson, D-back from the Titans. Okay. He's been pretty good the last couple so of years. So the Giants have, have made a couple of moves. Yep. They brought back the that uh, that lineman and gave the D-lineman and gave him a shitload of money. Um, is it Will, Leonard, William, Leonard that, Williams? Yeah. Yep, yeah. He, yeah. Yep, that sounds um, right. And he, you know, so he's he's kind of going to be their guy defensively. But, you know, again, they're, they're kind of in the same boat as a lot of teams in football. What the hell is the deal at quarterback for them? You know, they're going to get Saquon back. Right. Um, I think they're probably looking around going, we can win this division. Right. You know, like Washington doesn't really have a quarterback. The Eagles don't really have a quarterback. And Dak's coming off of that terrible injury, and they don't really have a defense. I think anybody's probably looking around that division and being like, if we make a move or two, we're right there. I mean, I, I thought all things considered, the Giants, you know, weren't, Awful last year. Had a good defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that new coach of theirs, Judge, seems to have him going in the right direction at least. Um, Kenyon Drake went to Vegas. Adrian Green went to Arizona. That was I mean, interesting. Is this? It's kind of become like uh, the geriatric ward for skill position players. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I remember when uh, the Colts got rid of Edger and James. He went there. Emmett Smith famously yep. went there. Kurt Warner. They've had Larry Fitzgerald for a hundred years. Now yep. they got AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins. He's not super old, but he's on the back nine. Surprised they didn't keep Patrick Peterson to add to right? keep him in that club. Well, he's not a skill. He's he's on the wrong uh, side of the ball. But still, you know. But I mean, look, 
on paper, that looks like an unbelievable offense. If A.J. Green has anything left in the tank, you've got him and Hopkins out wide with, with Fitzgerald doing the things that he does as the possession guy. I think the offense would have looked great three years ago. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. On Pro- paper, it looks really nice. Provide, I mean, but, provided Murray stays where he is and, and to the level he can play at. But, yeah, three years ago, you would have rolled that out. i well, like, holy it, shit. I mean, has A.G. Green played, like, more than 10 games total the last three years? I, I mean, so. he should be fresh if he's healthy. If he can stay healthy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then the story that's circulating as far as the legal stuff is Deshaun Watson. Boy. Um. One story came out about sexual assault from a masseuse while well, he, well, well, he was getting a massage, and then there was three, and now the number is ballooned to 14. Mm-hmm. And I know that when there was three or maybe five, they were all, and I was listening to some sports radio, they were all being represented by the same lawyer, which, you know, you're kind of looking at it, and it's like, okay, that kind of is a red flag, I think. But now that there's 14... That's too large of a number to ignore. And they're not even all in the same state. No. So, Which means wherever he goes and gets this done, this is apparently his M.O.? I don't know. I mean, uh, if it's all true. Yeah, I mean, if you got kids listening right now, maybe hit them with the earmuffs. But, um, yeah, it sounds like Deshaun likes to whip it out. That's kind of his thing. He, uh, he gets these personal masseuses. He gets them in a small area, locks the door, and whips it out. Um, and then these women are kind of, I mean, this guy's a six foot four monster of a human being. Um, it's, it's, you know, they always say when, with this kind of sexual assault stuff, it's always about the power, not the sex. Right. But it's cause it's one of those things where somebody said to me, like, dude, he's in Houston. Like he's a quarterback for the Houston Texans. Like that dude could walk down the street and probably get 10 women immediately. And it's like, well, yeah, but I, that's not what it's about. It's not that kind of stuff. Right. It's about being able to dominate somebody. And, you know, you hope it's not true. Uh, maybe this is all part of why he's been begging out of Houston. Because this stuff didn't come to light until around the time he started talking about wanting out. Is there a correlation? You know, I've, I've read some stuff that it's being thrown out there that this is um, a manufactured smear campaign against him because he wants out. Boy, you hope that's not. I mean, that's almost as gross as. I mean, it's low. it's not. It's not right. But it kind of almost feels as gross as the actual allegations. Slimy, yes. Um, so it's not good for anybody. It's it's not good for uh, the league. They're obviously going to have to get heavily involved in looking at this. This could mean suspensions for him. Um, I don't know if any of this is jail time because I don't know any of the details. I don't know if there's any forced, you know, oral or, or, or sex or any of that stuff. I'm not sure if it's just, if it's just lewd activity. I don't know that that's jail time. I, I'm not certainly not a lawyer in Texas or California, but um, I mean, look, if you're looking to trade for this guy, this comes with it. Right. For right now, it does. So, yes. This is a very, very, very big deal. I mean, I'll be curious to see if there's just a lot of money paid to any of these, and then it all just goes away. And I just, just to clarify, I'm not saying smearing a guy is as bad as sexually assaulting a woman. I'm just saying it's all gross. Yep. I don't like any of it. Nope. So, 
All right. Anything else on the NFL? Can we move to no. baseball? Yeah. All right. Opening day is a week from Thursday. Unbelievable. I was just I was sitting there today when I was typing up the notes and I'm and I got to I got to baseball at the Brewers and I'm like I have no idea what's going on down there. I haven't really read much. I haven't been hearing anything good or bad. Um but it's you know been so wrapped up in basketball right now. Um and I just looked at the calendar and I was like Holy shit, I'm going to be at a baseball game a week from Thursday. Are you going? I'm going. Good for you. Yeah, me and my old man got some tickets. Excellent. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. That's cool. It's going to be fun. Very good. Um, Brewers are, are selling selling uh, single-game tickets up through the Dodger series in hopes that Milwaukee Department of Health opens things up more than the 25% or whatever they're allowing so they can sell more tickets. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I was listening to them beat the shit out of the Dodgers on the way over here. They were they were going to the eighth inning, I think. Um, I think it was nine to two or something like that. They had back to back to back homers. That was Yelich here and who? Oh shoot, it's not Narvaez, I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, but then then here I hit another one, uh, like an inning or two later. So they so they got to Bueller pretty good, but um, yeah, as far as health. You're not reading a whole lot of injury stuff, which is good. Um, like the most pressing thing that I think that I read this morning from Council's comments yesterday was how Vogelback fits on the roster. Because you were prepping him at first. Now you've moved here over there. You've canceled the Universal DH. Do you have room on the roster for a guy like it's that? It's going to be interesting how that plays out. You know, and he's by no means one of the most important pieces but he was a pretty good pickup and he did some damage last year for them yeah um but the situation was right i'm not sure the situation is right for that anymore yeah you know what i mean it's going to be very interesting i mean i kind of uh mccalvey uh and in his article today he kind of laid out what he was predicting the opening day roster is going to look like he had Vogel back on there. Okay. It's interesting. So he's got he's got the two catchers, Narvaez and Pena, same mm-hmm. as last year. You got here and Vogel back at first. Wong at second, Shaw at third, Arcia and Urias at short. You've got Daniel Robbins Robertson as kind of your utility guy. Um now Shaw can play some first. We know that. Yep. We've seen that. He doesn't play it real well, but in a pinch he could play it. So, um, and I'm not sure about Robertson whether or not he can play it. So, the Vogelbach thing—it's it, nice to have him as a as a lefty power bat off the bench. Um, obviously, lefties in Miller Park, which I will never not call it because it's burned into my brain. Sorry, <laughs> um, left-handers always hit for more power because of the short porch yep. in right. Um, so you'd like to be able to keep him around, but yeah, like you say, I, you know. It's going to be hard to justify keeping him as strictly a pinch hitter. Especially if they're really trying to convert Hira to first and give him every opportunity to be there. And that's right. And if Hira has the kind of offensive year that I think they think he's going to have, you're not going to be taking him out of the lineup much. And if you do, are you going to then, if you play Vogelback now, is Hira playing second? Right. So you can take are you going to take are you going to take Wog? So there's, you know, there's going to be days where guys are mixed and matched, but, um, that, yeah, that first base position is going to be interesting. And then in the outfield, you got Jackie Bradley Jr., Yelich, Kane, uh, Abisil Garcia, and Billy McKinney, 
who's having a big spring. Okay. He was a pretty high draft pick a few years back. He's been bounced around to a few teams, and you know it sounds like he might have the first opportunity to stick. We'll see. Tyrone Tyrone Taylor's, Taylor's got to be in that mix. He's in the mix, too. Yeah. I know he – I think he had a big day maybe yesterday. Yes. Yep. Nope. Um, he had a home run yesterday. And then you get to the starting pitching. Woodruff, Burns, uh, Anderson, Lindblom, Hauser, Peralta. So you got six guys, and I think there's a very good chance early in the year that they go with a six-man rotation. Wouldn't saw, surprise me. I saw an article by either Rosiak or Hard Record or somebody or Wagner that covers the Brewers – um, that said, Lynn Bloom is going is preparing, and they're preparing him to eat up a lot of innings this year. Mm-hmm. So whether that's in a starting role or a long term relief, I don't know. Well, and one of those guys, if it is like a Lynn Bloom or a Peralta, they're going to basically be your right handed suitor. You know, they're going to be the guy if somebody gets banged around or hurt in the second inning, you can bring this guy in and he can get you through the sixth. Right. Uh, but for the relievers, you got Hader, Devin Williams, Yardley, Suter. Uh, Brad Boxberger and Jordan Zimmerman were the last two that uh, McAlvey had. It sounds like Zimmerman's um, pitching better as of late. Yeah, started rough early. Yep, yep. his last couple outings have been good. So I think they'd like to give him an opportunity uh, because guys like Rasmussen, Topa, FireEyes, and Bickford, Perdomo, those guys still have some options left. Okay. Um, Ray Black and Bobby Walt sounds like are going to start on the injured list. The one guy he didn't mention, and I'm not sure what's going on with him, is Eric Lauer. If you remember, he came over in the uh, trade with Urias mm-hmm. last year and was a disaster <laughs> in his couple of starts. Um, I think he's still trying to get right. I think he had some shoulder problems. Okay. Um, so doesn't sound great for him to make the opening day roster, but okay. um, you know he might be one of those swing guys too where – you know, you just, you know, you, you, Burns goes out and gives up four homers in the first two innings. It's nine to nothing with one out in the second, and you just need a mop up guy. It might be, uh, right. you know, it might be Lauer. Keep him off the, keep him off the, try and keep him off the board, minimize the damage, see if we can get a couple big yeah, innings. Just yeah. eat some innings up. So if you, if, if this is the roster that they roll out, what you have in front of you, how satisfied are you now compared to what you were? Midway through the off season, when nothing was cooking, uh, I, I'm a lot. I'm more pleased with their offense. You know, well, I should say with their position players. Um, getting Wong, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see how much he hits. But he's a Gold Glove second baseman, so that's an upgrade. Um, I think Hira, even though I think he will struggle some as a fielder at first base, big upgrade with the bat. Um, if you can get anything close to the production that you got from Shaw a couple of years ago, even if you get 75% of what you got three years ago from him, that's not bad at third. And then you've got Shaw or you've got Arcia and Urias at short and maybe some third, you know, RC was pretty good last year. Urias has got a lot to prove, but they got big hopes. And then I love the Bradley jr. Signing. Um, I just, I just don't think you can count on Lorenzo Cain to be a real. If if you're counting on him to be your igniter and you're really and a really effective everyday guy like he was the first two years in the Brewers, I think you're going to be disappointed. I think that ship has sailed. I think the Brewers always knew that the last two years of this five year deal were going to be rough with him, and uh, we're already kind of starting to see it with some of the injuries. But I, I like the pitching. They got a lot of depth, you know. 
Woodruff and Burns, I think, are pretty legit guys. After that, eh. <laughs> you know, I, you know, Lindblom and Anderson and Hauser and Peralta, they could have good years, but they could also not. Um, I like the bullpen. They got a lot of depth. They they got some hard throwers, but um, this team needs to hit. You know, last year was awful watching that yeah, offense. It was not. Good. It wasn't even entertaining. No, so, and and just the fact that they. I mean, it was a different combination every game because they were trying to find. Well, I'm not sure that's that going to change, well. but I think that's the Brewer way with Council. All right, but uh, they've got two games on the road in Arlington next week, and then they've get the they've got the day off, and then it's opening day. So I think they leave after their game on Sunday, and they go to Texas for a couple mm-hmm. exhibition games, and then it's Minnesota April 1st, and we are off and running. Yeah, and I. I don't know. I'm not crazy about opening in an interleague game. Um, I like it that it's the Twins over anybody else, though. Yeah. Because it's a former division. At least it's a neighbor. Yep. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't mind that, but they go heavy against the Cubs and the Cardinals right after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, April is littered yeah. with Cubs and Cardinals. Yeah, matches. I mean, if they get off to a good start, they got a chance to... Put a little distance right. early on between a couple of those teams. I, I'm not, I'm not super worried about the Cubs, but I think the Cardinals are the Cardinals. I mean, <laughs> you got you're trying to line up out of, of Goldschmidt on one corner and Arenado on the other. It doesn't matter a hell of a lot what else is in between. Those guys are are good. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that up. All right, uh, you want to move to the NBA? Yeah. All right, um, Bucks have been playing pretty well uh, lately. They won that big game uh, in Philly. They beat the Spurs this weekend. Giannis got hurt, didn't play against the Pacers, but it didn't matter um, because everybody, I mean, they put up. That was insanity. 48 in the first quarter, which was fifth best in franchise history for points in a quarter. Um, Holiday showed up big. Um, I mean, those are the those are the recent results, but I, I guess skip to the end where we talk about the trade that just happened yeah. where, they, where, where they got PJ Tucker. And like when I was talking about it on the air, there was a lot of draft pick jargon that they exchanged previously mm-hmm. that now they rectified and like went back. And I stayed out of that because I mean, if the bucks are going to be good, you know, he, those, those picks are not as important for Houston. Um, but then they shipped out uh, the shipped out the DJs. Augustine and Wilson, and they got PJ Tucker. Is he was he kind of the one of the last guys on that team that was really any, any on Houston? Yeah, worth kind of going after. That was affordable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I think it's going to be a good trade for the Bucks. You know, unfortunately, it just wasn't working out with DJ Augustine. It, he wasn't shooting the ball well. He's small. It just wasn't a good fit. Um. You know, unfortunately for him, he goes to the worst team in the league, or one of the worst. Um, and DJ Wilson, you know, he was going to be gone at the end of the year. They were not going to extend his rookie deal. He just couldn't. He just couldn't get on the floor for whatever reason. He couldn't beat out guys like um, Giannis's brother, or uh, I mean, who you've he, said is only on the team because of Giannis. Well, initially, yeah, but he's gotten some time this year, and he's he's been a factor in some games just because he's. Kind of got a screw loose. Well, he's one of those guys. Okay. Like, yeah, he'll hurt you. But PJ Tucker, um, you know, he's like thirty five, so he's he's close to the end. But he's like 
I think he's made the most or the second most corner threes in the NBA the last five years. Okay. He's an elite defensive player. He's very smart. He brings a certain level of toughness to that team that I think they've lacked. I think I think him and Drew Holiday on the floor at the end of games is going to be very difficult for the opposition. I mean, you can put you can put a lineup out there at the end of games of those two, Middleton, Giannis, and then if you go small, you can stick with DiVincenzo. If you want to go big, you bring in Lopez. That's a pretty formidable defensive lineup. So, um, you know, P.J. Tucker's not going to come in and score a bunch of points. You know, he's going to have a couple games where he hits four or five threes. He's going to have a couple games he doesn't score. Um, he's a role guy, and he knows his role, and he seems to be very excited to be on the team. Um, but it's not going to be enough to put the Bucks over the top. Okay. Um, this does not make them better than the Nets. Um, you know, they, they beat Philly last week in what was – I mean, the first half of that game was the worst basketball I've seen in a very, very long time. The Bucks scored 31 points in the first half. It was a joke. And Embiid was out. No Embiid. Thankfully, they got their head out of their ass, and Giannis went nuts, and they end up winning the game. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure. I, I want to see them play Philly with Philly's full complement before I make any kind of decision because people say, well, they only won by four without Embiid. That's not how it works. I want to see them with Embiid against the Bucks at full strength. Um, you know, there's some rumors about Kyle Lowry's getting shopped around right now from Toronto. Uh, Miami's sniffing around him big time. You know, if he goes to the Heat, that would be a big get for them. So, uh, you know, this is nice for the Bucks. You know, the the draft pick stuff, it's a little complicated. But at the end of the day, them getting the pick back from Houston that they had originally traded, I believe, in the Bledsoe deal. Um, is nice because now you have it in your pocket to make a different deal. I don't think they're going to make another trade to, before tomorrow's deadline. I think they are definitely a candidate for a buyout guy, kind of like what the Nets did with Blake Griffin. You know, um, I talked about George Hill last week. You know, if Oklahoma City decides to buy out the last year of his deal and pay him ten million bucks to go to away. go away, that's the kind of guy I could see the Bucks bringing in because they're a little thin at guard. Especially at point guard, you know their four guard rotation right now is Holiday, Divincenzo, Connaughton, and Forbes. The only one that's a point guard is Holiday. Now, it's not a huge deal when you've got Giannis and Middleton who can handle the ball that much, but defensively, you like to have somebody that can that can guard the other team's point guard. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But okay. other than that, yeah, they've won seven in a row. They've won twelve of their last thirteen. They got a back-to-back Wednesday and Friday with Boston, yep. who's kind of reeling right now. They're really struggling. They're kind of banged up. Um, they're coming off an overtime loss last night to the Grizzlies. Then the Bucks got the Knicks again Saturday. And then Monday night they go out west to play the Clippers, which is the first of a six-game road trip. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. But that, you know, you, you get two of the next three here at home. You go out and go three and three on the road. I mean, you're going to be sitting pretty damn good going down the stretch here, okay. uh, trying to get into. I think I would really like to see the Bucks slide into that two slot. Um, right now, they're at the three. I don't think it's super important for them to get the one. Um, I think matchups are a bigger deal for the Bucks right now. You know, right now the top three are Philly, Nets, Bucks. Four is Miami. I think if the Bucks can avoid Miami in the second round, 
you know, um, hopefully I'd like to see the Nets get to the top. Maybe you get Philly in round two, and then you don't have to see Brooklyn until the conference finals. And, you know, with Kevin Durant's health, Kyrie Irving's health, you never know with those guys. I mean, everybody's penciling them in. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if they're healthy, they're winning. But these guys are rarely all healthy at the same time, so we'll okay. see what happens. Some big injury news, at least around the league. Um, I honestly thought somebody died when LeBron sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. because That's what LeBron wanted you to think. It was... All over, everywhere, people saying this is terrible. They were cutting in. There were bulletins. There were press releases. I mean, it was like some sort of gigantic sports bomb detonated. He laid there and milked it, and then he got up, then he shot a three, and then he milked it some more, and then he came out of the game. Yeah, he just rolled his ankle. He's going to miss a couple weeks. No big deal. It's just an ankle. See, now the way you're describing it is what I think most professional basketball people would <laughs> think, but they everybody made it such a bigger deal well, part of than it is, that. Part of it is because the dude's played almost 18 years in the NBA and he's never been hurt. Because he has money to spend to take care of his body. And he's just, he, he, him and Carl Malone have the same body. Carl Malone never got hurt until he was like 41. He blew his knee out. I mean, LeBron had the groin thing a couple years ago, his first year with the Lakers, which was basically he just went on vacation because he knew they sucked. Um, And then there's this. I mean, he really has never had anything else. So, yeah, I guess people kind of freaked out, but not a big deal. I mean, even even Laker perspective-wise, as long as him and Davis are healthy when the playoffs start, I told you, it doesn't matter what seed they get. They're fine. Lamelo ball fractured a bone in his wrist, which I, I guess what I read is at the base of his thumb, mm. and he's down for the year, and he was the leading candidate for rookie of the year. And yeah. people were pretty despondent about this from what I read. This, well, it's this, unfortunate. This almost seemed like a tragedy. Lamelo ball has turned out to be kind of fun to watch, and you haven't heard a bunch of crap about him because he's in Charlotte. His dad's not running his yap. He's just gotten to play basketball, and Charlotte's actually pretty good. I think they're right around 500. I think they're either the sixth or the seventh seed in the East. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were hoping that we'd get a chance to watch him in the playoffs against a team, you know, like the Bucks, where he's got to go up against Drew Holiday six or seven times in two weeks. See how you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to guard James Harden for two straight weeks. You know, those are the kind of things that you like to see out of the young guys, and it's too bad that um, he's going to be out. I mean, it, I don't know if it's definitive for the year. It sounds like it. Um, you know, being at a wrist, it's not like you're in real grave danger of rushing him back and having him having a career render. It's not like it's a knee or something. So maybe he comes back and they put some kind of a brace on. But um, I'm never going to be a fan of the balls, but no. he, he is entertaining to watch. Okay. Um, and now what about the Atlanta Hawks? Because last I knew, and I don't follow the league very closely, they were a dumpster fire. Yeah, well, they fired their coach, and then I think they won eight or nine in a row. They just lost last night, I believe, or the night before. And they shot up from basically like the 10 seed to the 5 seed. So, um, Wow. Yeah. So it's just, you know, okay. one of those one of those new voice in the locker room runs. We'll see if it if it sustains for any length of time, but they got a nice little bump. Interesting. You know? Okay. 
Um, let's move to college hoops, and before we get to bracket stuff, I mean, let's talk. I messaged you on Friday, heading into the first day of the tournament, um, that Marquette let go of uh, Woj, and you were you had kind of said that that he was in trouble and you wouldn't be surprised or anything like that, and they finally pulled the trigger. He had a winning record overall, you know, in in the conference action, under 500, um, but, you know, playing good competition. But, you know, you just think time to move on. Was it seven years? Seven years, yep. Uh, the, the zero tournament wins in two appearances two in appearances, seven years right, yeah. was, was the killer for him. Um, this was a team that, you know, I think they were picked like fifth in the Big East. So they should have been contending for a tournament bid based on projections. They they underachieved again. Um, you know, Wojo has been able to do a, a decent job of getting in some high-level recruits, but he hasn't done a great job of, of the development of those kids. He's lost a lot of guys to transfer. Um, you know, you, as we, you stated, and we've talked about the record and the, and the team success has just not been good enough. And, you know, Marquette's got a little bit of the same problem the Badgers do. And I talked about it. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. There's no Wisconsin kids on their roster. Right. You know, when these teams have had their, their, some of their highest levels of success, it's been with a lot of Wisconsin kids. They're more invested. The fan bases are a little bit more invested. It just seems like... You know, when when they've gone that route, things go well. Wojo, you know, he, and I understand, you know, he went and try, he wanted that to be a national program. And Marquette spends, like, they're top ten in the country in how much money they spend on their basketball program because really? they don't have any other, they don't have a football program right. to spend it on. You know, they got big donors just like everybody else. They, they funnel it into basketball. Um, that's where a lot of this, that's why it's unacceptable to not have a tournament win in your entire if you're run, spend that much money. You got to see some results. You got to have some results. So, um, there's been some interesting candidates floated out there. Oh, the major one that people were drooling over from some of the ESPN Milwaukee guys that I used to work with. I mean, they're all now on the Porter Moser Porter Moser bandwagon. Yeah, and I would I would pump the brakes on that a okay. little bit. Um, if you look at Porter Moser's history. Until two years ago when Loyola made that run, nobody would have given this dude a thought. Right. Um, yeah, they, they they beat Illinois. Okay. Um, the Badgers beat the shit out of him earlier this year, so what does that tell you? Right. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know that he would, you know, he may have other more lucrative job offers if they make a deep I, run again. I would say probably somebody is going to You know, maybe, I mean, door. why wouldn't Indiana throw a bunch of money at him or somebody like that? So that's one. The other the other big, big name that's been floated out there is John Beeline, former Michigan coach. He last coached with the Cavs last year. Um, you know, he's just getting paid by them sitting, you know, sitting <laughs> at home or hopping on the Big Ten Network or sipping something some to talk drinks, hoops. Yep. Um, that. That's it's appealing on its surface, but I'm not sure long term that that's the best idea. Okay, because I think he's in his late sixties. So how much longer is he really going to coach? Sure. Um, you know, Tom Crean has been floated out. He already said that he's focused on turning Georgia of into a winning program. That. Yeah, um, I read that coming over here. But you know, I had read that he does have an out in his contract at Georgia for Marquette. He has stated on numerous occasions 
he made a mistake leaving Marquette for Indiana. And look, whatever you think of Tom Crean, he was really successful at Marquette. Yes, he was. He has been the most successful post-Bob Knight Indiana coach. And he just had the number one pick in the draft last year at Georgia. So you could do worse. I'm not advocating for it. If it happened, I wouldn't flip out. I think it's a long shot because I think that he burned some bridges when he left. I think the way he did leave them uh, pissed a lot of them people oh, off. Yeah. So absolutely. I think it would be there'd have to be a lot of fence mending for that to happen. I remember when we went to a football game in Indiana, fresh off of that whole thing. We went on a road trip down to down to Bloomington, and they put like during a timeout, Tom Crean on the jumbotron to talk about Indiana basketball. All the Badger fans that were there went ballistic booing the guy. Oh, yeah. Badger fans always hated Crane. But, I mean, that wasn't even your guy that you were cheering for, and you still hate him. Right. At Indiana, I just thought that was, like, the the whole state developed that hate because of the way that he left Marquette. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very rallying, unifying moment. Like, now you've got Badger football fans booing this schmuck. Well, you know, But, but everything you said is absolutely right. Um, I mean, look look at the resume that he put together. You can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can talk about situations and context about how things happen, but if you get an opportunity, like he said, to correct that, and you can try and get that level of success back, I don't look, know why you wouldn't do it. Look, Travis Diener, Steve Novak, Scott Merritt, Robert Jackson, uh, Terry Sanders – all Wisconsin kids were on that 03 Final Four team. He got Wes Matthews. Um, the man recruited Wisconsin very well. Um, I have a feeling they'll probably go with something a little, somebody that's a little less sexy. Okay. One of the guys out there is a guy named Dennis Gates. He's the head coach at Cleveland State. Um, he's he's 41. Coincidentally, he was on my team at Kevin O'Neill's camp Um Going into his senior year, going into my junior year. So I know him a little bit. You've got all these connections weird, in college yeah, basketball. Weird stuff, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that's being bandied about. The weird, the interesting thing, though, that the Marquette AD said was he's a little more, in, he's more inclined to go with somebody who's already been a head coach. Okay. Which I found interesting. Rather he, than bring up an assistant. And he said that, you know, those guys already know how to run a program. They can kind of just come in and hit the ground running. But it's like, that's not who Marquette has ever hired. Kevin O'Neill was an assistant at Arizona. Crean was an assistant at Michigan State. Buzz Williams was Crean's assistant. And Wojo was Kay's assistant. The only one that was ever a head coach before was Mike Dean, who came between O'Neill and Crean, and he was a disaster. So I just don't really understand wh- why you would say that. But right. you know, I mean, I, I, to that degree, I get it because I'm sure as an athletic director, that is very that's very comforting. You don't have to work and let, let this guy guide and bring things up and work things out where it's like everything's pretty established you just like hey you need any help no i'm good is is that an indictment on wojo i don't know did he not know how to run a program i I mean were were there things falling by the wayside there you know i i don't know and i mean that's that's i mean that's a significant thing to say 
It is. You know, considering that's the guy that just that that you just let go. Well, and it kind of leads us into the other team in the state. Ugh. You know, the Badgers destroy North Carolina in the first game because and, of what exactly what did I say? They hit a bunch of threes, they're going to win. Yep. And they hit 15 out of 29 threes. They were unconscious. When Davison averages what nine point something, yeah, and he scores t- in the mid upper yeah, twenty nine, yeah, him and Trice had fifty Come points. North 50. Carolina had sixty, right? So you get that you're going to win, you're and gonna win, and 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 the turnover numbers and the just North Carolina just seemed very undisciplined and very well, they're, they're, it's it's very raggedy. It's the worst North Carolina team I've seen in Roy Williams's tenure. I this is bad. They I, had no guards. I told. My wife about like well, Roy Williams has been very vocal about how bad his team. Yeah, they're not like, good. He's called them out on several things, and it's like why well, would but a coach? Roy, you you don't have any guards. You recruited them. Right. Go get some guards. And she just couldn't understand why your coach would publicly say bad things about his own team. But I'm like, he's he's Roy Williams. He's been around for like he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. Do- doesn't care. But then um, on Sunday, they lose to Baylor. Lockdown defense, man. In a game that was not as close as some people would like to make it out to be. <laughs> um, I mean, they were down 20. Baylor totally let their foot off the gas. The Badgers got back in the game by slopping in some shots, and then Baylor put the hammer down at the end. Um, you, you could just tell right from the get-go. Baylor was better. It was an athletic mismatch. I mean, yes. some of the dunks and lobs that these guys were catching was ridiculous. I mean, I'm not sure Micah Potter could do that with a trampoline. So it's, you know, and then, of course, that leads to the the guard bitching. And, you know, the, the people that were mad that they lost on Sunday, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but somebody that you and I both talked to that's mm-hmm. a big Badger fan had tweeted something about they had a poor game plan and they lacked motivation. How do you lack motivation in an NCAA tournament well, second-round game? If, if you're blaming a lack of motivation on the coach, let me just explain something to you because you've never been in a college locker room. That's not his job. No. His, to, job, to get guys his up. job is not to get you excited to play the game. That's right. your job. His job, if you want to criticize the game plan, you think you can come up with a better one, fine. But lack of motivation? Come on, man. That's ridiculous. These guys are 22, 23, 24-year-olds, some of them fifth year, some of them almost six-year seniors. You're playing in the second round against the number one seed on national TV, prime Sunday afternoon. You're the only game on, and you can't get motivated? Come on. That ain't the coach. That's, that's bullshit. This team has lacked elite talent for a couple of years now. Um. They do not recruit the state well. Look at I, the AP All State came out this year, or, or came out the other day for Wisconsin. None of them are going to Wisconsin or Marquette. You've got one going to Iowa State. You got one going to Green Bay. You got one going to Texas. You got one who hasn't decided yet, but it's either Kansas or Vanderbilt or Wake Forest or Miami. And then you've got one who's probably going to end up going to UW Oshkosh. Why are they not getting these guys? I thought after they made that run in 2014 and 2015, when you see Gasser, Decker, Koenig, Showalter, if I'm a Wisconsin kid, wouldn't I be like, man, I want to go there? Why aren't they going there? You missed out on Ellenson and Stone. 
You missed out on the Housers, and then you missed out on them again. Right. You've missed out on Jalen Johnson. It appears you're going to miss out on Patrick Baldwin. And I'm I'm not just ripping the Badgers for this. With the exception of the Housers, Marquette ain't got any of these guys either. Neither one of you got Tyrese Halliburton, who's playing for the fucking sack and starting as a 20-year-old for the Sacramento Kings right now. Hero. You didn't. You couldn't get Hero. He bailed on you. You couldn't keep Vander Blue. He bailed on you. And I know Badger fans are going to say Stone couldn't get in, Blue couldn't get in. Whatever, man. You want to take those guys out? Fine. What about everybody it's else? Still an indictment. You're not getting these guys, and I. I don't know why. I don't get it. Is it a poor relationship between Wojo and Guard and the WBCA? Is it a poor relationship between the head coaches and the AAU programs? What's going on here? Who would I talk to about that if I, I if I had to place a call and just say, what do you think the issue is? Um, I'm not sure. That's. I mean, would that be an Otsi thing? I mean, that dude's maybe that dude's connected well, and, yeah, and, but and, see, and he bleeds no. red. Yeah, yeah, you can't ask him. He's a, he's he's going to shill for the program because yeah. that's what these guys do. I heard Jeff Patrikas on the radio today. Shill, shill, shill. Nothing's wrong here. Nothing to see here. Badgers played great on Sunday. No, they didn't. <laughs> he's like, well, they had a bunch of turnovers in the first half and they fell behind. And the, and Heller's like, well, was that because of Baylor? No, that was the Badgers. They were just sloppy. In the second half, they didn't. They took care of the ball and they got back in the game. Well, is that because Baylor took the foot off the gas? No, the Badgers just played better. Well, there's two teams out there, right? You know, don't don't just look through your little rose colored glasses all the time. Be be a little bit objective. Well, I would like to know then from somebody who is connected in the basketball community in Wisconsin to a degree to answer that question. Are they just not interested? Because the because what comes to mind and then, why aren't they right? Why are are these why? guys don't fitting? Are they not fitting their system? Are they not good enough? I mean, what's? I, I guess I'm I'm just curious. I don't know because what's the different? Well, I mean, I know there are far fewer players, I guess, in Wisconsin than maybe let's say football. But you know, the football team has done a great job of securing the border. Now that um, what's his diddle is out of town, Gary Anderson, mm-hmm. he didn't seem to care about Wisconsin guys. No, he he just wanted to go anywhere to get the athletes that he wanted. Well, and and guard got Kobe King, and, yes. that, and that didn't work. That that turned he in. got Johnny Davis, and we'll see if it works. And and those are even though it didn't work out with Kobe King, you did the right thing by getting him. Right. He was the best player in the state that year. He needed to be wearing a Badger uniform. I I think that's important. I really do. I and whether it's the Badgers or Marquette, I think the best high school kids in the state. You got to do everything you can to Just keep them here in the state. It's it's important. Yeah. It helps build up the state mm-hmm. and the and the programs coming up at the youth and the high school level. Um, but this team is going to be really really young next year. Is anybody coming back? Uh, Reavers, Trice, and Ford are gone for sure. I think Davidson will be back just because he knows everybody doesn't want him to come back. <laughs> Potter, I think I heard Potter's fiance. I think she plays volleyball, and I think she's graduating. So, And he's made some comments about kind of putting the Badgers in the rearview mirror. He so. really hasn't looked happy this no, season. No, So I, I think Davidson will be back. I think everybody else will be gone. Okay, um, They're going to have to be really active on the grad transfer market. 
I mean, I saw Kaukana kid, yes, uh, Jordan McCabe. Yep. Mm-hmm. He just uh, went into the transfer portal at West Virginia. I don't know that he would work well in Madison. Maybe he's awful small and he's kind of flashy. It's kind of everything the Badgers are against. Are they yes. like big robotic dudes. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. But that's not really what that program's about. Right. It's about grad transfer guys. And I'm not sure, you know, the Big Ten, we'll get into it in a minute. The Big Ten's still a good league regardless of how they do in the tournament. Sure. And it's still a war and it's still a grind and it's 20 games. And let me tell you from experience, as a freshman having to go through that for the first time, it's ridiculously hard. And especially at the point guard position where they're going to be super young. They've got that Chucky Hepburn kid yep. coming in. They've from, got from that Nebraska. Lauren Bowman kid that didn't play this yep. year that's a freshman. So they're going to be very, very young at guard. And uh, that's not usually a great recipe for success in the Big Ten. Well, hopefully they'll be talented at least, and some of that will well, shine I, through I, a little bit. I haven't seen a lot of talented point guards come out of the great state of Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. but And All then right. I know they got a Joe Krabinoff clone that – Krabinoff recruited out of South oh, Dakota really? coming in. So okay, yeah. all right. So that is uh, that's about all a Marquette and Badger talk that uh, we can stomach. Let's go to some brackets, and uh, I will admit to go, uh, going off of some of your picks that that you told yeah. me to get. How'd uh, that work? Uh, so far, so good because the teams that you pointed out that you really liked. I have run with, and they've got me into the Sweet 16. Okay, you, who, you, who you got? You pointed out Creighton that you really liked. Yep. So I got them. Uh, you pointed out Arkansas that, that, that you liked. I took them. Florida State took them. I got them beating Michigan mm-hmm. uh, coming up. And then I thought there was one other one that you might have said. Maybe not. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I ran with a lot of Big Ten. And... Um, I had Iowa going out next round to I think maybe it was like I I think it was Kansas. Yeah. I I knew Iowa probably wouldn't make it to the Elite Eight, so they got bounced even before the Sweet Sixteen. But I had Illinois winning the whole thing, so I'm I'm pretty much done. Um, I, I rode San Diego State hard, I think, to the Elite Eight. They lost, I think, in the first, first round. Game. So um, there's some that's a mess. There's some that's okay. I'm just having an okay year, but you know. Uh, Illinois going down to Loyola, like I tweeted the other day. Great story for the tournament. Sucks for the Big Ten and for my bracket, but whatever. Big Ten's got one team out of nine left. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I clearly didn't watch as much basketball as you did um, leading up to the tournament. So I took you're you're probably the smartest basketball guy that I know that watches a lot. So I took what you had to say to heart. And and then kind of filled in the rest with my gut feeling, and that's generally where I went wrong. Well, my bracket's as big a disaster as the Big Ten. <laughs> um, you know, you say Loyola over Illinois is a good story, and it is for like five minutes oh, until, yeah. until you realize that now you have to watch Loyola play Oregon State, and nobody in America cares. <laughs> and then if they win that, they might play Houston, and nobody in America cares. Did Oregon State win the Pac-12 tournament? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I don't think this has been a great tournament. Okay. Um, it's kind of what we what I thought it might be, which is complete fucking chaos. Right. Um, you were going one of two ways, chaos or yeah, all chalk. I, I get I get that the casual fan likes the upsets. Of course. Um, 
But you know when you, you when you when you've got some of the best teams or what you thought were the best teams in the nation that are already done like Iowa and Illinois and uh, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma State they got the best kid in the country they're already done. Um, I don't I don't know that going forward it's going to be a great tournament and I'm sure that you know CBS uh, was probably very disappointed that Illinois got beat and it calls into question some of the decisions with the seating, you know. Loyola gets an eight seed, and you put them up against Illinois in the second round, but by all of the, the metrics and measurements, Loyola was like the eighth best team in the country. So how are they an eight seed? Um, you know, it, it, some of this stuff I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, some of it, you know, you know, Texas wasn't winning the national title, so them getting knocked out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I don't know. It, it, it just kind of it, it kind of makes the the later rounds, which are supposed to be the really really good games that you're looking forward to. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't care as much. What about Gonzaga as the number one seed? Because I I know that's the easy pick. They're undefeated. They're not from a big power conference. So, and they're on the West Coast. Is does anybody has anybody watched no. a lot of Gonzaga basketball? No, I, I mean not if you're not a diehard college basketball fan. You know, I I just. Why would you? I mean, are you going to stay up till 12 o'clock at night on a Tuesday to watch them play Santa Clara? See, and that's, know? that's why I just couldn't take the easy way out they're and, just, and you take know, them all the their, way. Their cuteness is gone. You know, 20 years ago when they made those first couple tournament runs, right. they were they were it was cool, and oh, my God, they're power now. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't give a shit if they're good. It, <laughs> it's not it's not cute. Like, right. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't know. I mean... Does the livers thing being gone not is not not affecting Michigan as much as we thought? Because that was a it was a close first half with LSU, and then Michigan pulled away. If LSU had a coach, they'd have won. Okay, because they had more talent than Michigan. Michigan had a couple kids that played out of their mind. Okay, um, the transfer that came in, uh, uh, the black kid, uh, the wing, I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. He had his season high, and then Wagner at the end of the game, like every freaking loose ball just fell in his arms. Um. <laughs> You know, LSU had really young guards, but, I mean, LSU's got probably four or five guys in that team that are going to be pros. They just got a shitty coach. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think Mich- uh, Florida State is a bad matchup for Michigan. Okay. Because Florida State's got a lot of size and a lot of athleticism. The one thing that Florida State doesn't do well is shoot the three. So, if Michigan shot really well, that could be a problem for Florida State, but... I still like Florida State to win that game. What happened? I mean, Georgetown just flamed out bad. I mean, Colorado has, I mean, came out, you know, crazy in that first mm-hmm. game, and they were they were able to, you well, know. Well, it was like the Badger Florida game. Florida State was, right. They made 11 threes in the first half. What are you going to do? Right. Um, I didn't know that Alabama was the best three-point shooting team in the country out of the SEC because I don't know anything about SEC basketball because mm-hmm. that's another conference that we just don't really get a lot of up here because we're drowned in the Big Ten. I'm really, really hoping, because now that my brackets are done, I'm really, really hoping that Alabama and Gonzaga play in the Final Four. Okay. I think that would be good, a fantastic game, game and sure. I think the tournament needs that game. I think Florida State and Michigan is going to be great. I think Gonzaga-Creighton could be very good. Um, and I think uh, the the Baylor-Nova game is going to be very good. The other ones, I don't know. We'll see. One thing, another thing that we've heard of for the Big Ten being less than what we thought is that now the Pac-12 is better than what we thought because you've got both Oregon teams in 
and you've also got USC, which a lot of people kind of looked at as the sixth seed. It's like, okay, they murdered Kansas last night. Yeah, that was by thirty some. That was jarring. I watched uh, the first half of that. I mean, I knew this was not a great Kansas team, but mm-hmm. oh, and I to forgot you beat by that much. Yeah. Holy shit! So I mean, you've got you've got four teams out of the sixteen from one conference. So I mean. Yeah, but uh, again, it's that thing where even well, if, if 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 you're not a diehard fan, you don't see a lot of these teams. A lot of it's matchups. Um, I do not want to hear the COVID excuses. Everybody's got them. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard Iowa fans whining that Oregon didn't have to play their first game, so they were fresher. Stop it. Um, don't want to hear it. That's life. Um, I don't know. I think the Big Ten. I. I think it's what you always had said that the Big East used to always be the, That's the one that got you. Yes. Well, it was the same thing. That was when the Big East had like 15 teams. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is the bottom half of your league is trash. So there's like, if you look at the bottom of the Big Ten, like Illinois had like 10 wins against shit teams. Yeah. Northwestern, Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska. Nebraska. Like these these teams are terrible. So you got eight to ten wins there, where all of a sudden now your record now you're twenty two and two. Where maybe if you're in a normal league and you're just playing a normal conference, maybe you're I don't know eighteen and six, and now all of a sudden you're not a one seed. Maybe you're a three seed. Maybe that's where you belong. But it's just weird to come out of some of these tournaments when you're supposed to be playing your best basketball and you see these teams crushing in their conference tournaments. Georgetown gets hot. Holy shit. They're, I mean, yeah, it's a 12-5, but that's generally favored almost most times for the 12, and then they lay an egg. Well, And Villanova gets bounced out right away because you said their point guard mm-hmm. you know, got hurt. They, they exit the tournament, and now they've won a couple games. Well, and again, it, it comes down to matchups. If Villanova plays Purdue in that second game, I think Purdue wins, but they don't. They play North Texas, so now Villanova's into the Sweet 16. You know, at, at the end of the day, college basketball's problem is the NBA and all these guys that leave early. There are no great teams anymore. Um, I really don't want Gonzaga to win because I don't want them put into the conversation of greatest team ever because they're not. Just if they went undefeated, I, I just they're they're not. They're not better than the UNLV ninety. They're not better than the Leitner Hurley Duke teams. They're not better than the, the ninety six Kentucky teams. The or, teams. Yeah, they're not even in the class of any of these teams. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the caliber of the player. They're a great team, but they're a great team in a very very watered down college basketball. That's why I look at the teams. You know, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois. Alabama, Houston. These are football schools. Right. Right. So, you know, it's 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 a new day in college basketball. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great for the tournament. They really need the Blue Bloods. You need the Kentuckys, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, um, UCLA. I mean, it's nice that they're in this, but they need, they need more of that. Loyola's fun, but go back and look at the ratings when – Butler was in the Final Four. George Mason, Wichita State, Loyola. Ratings were shit. The casual guy will follow, but for a while. But the big ratings are when Duke plays Kansas in the first game of the Final Four, and in the second game of the Final Four, Kentucky plays Wisconsin, or North Carolina plays Syracuse. That's what the average guy really wants to see. So 
I don't know if we'll ever get back to that, but uh, I I could also be very sensitive because I <laughs> sucked at my bracket this year. <laughs> but you know, I, and I and I'm perfectly honest. We've talked about it. I just don't watch that much college basketball anymore. Right. We're gone yep. so many nights. Yes, we are. That we, we don't watch we, it. We miss games. And then when I'm home, I'm You're typically watching the box. Yep. So I, I'm just not that as plugged in as I used to be, and it's starting to really show in these brackets. I think this year was just nuts because I think every seed has won a game except the 16. 20 underdogs won this weekend. That's nuts. I think it was in the first round, 20 underdogs won, something and like that. Oral Roberts with a victory over a 2 and a 7. That was pretty much the beginning of the end. Yep. When, when, when Ohio State... Gagged that one. First game. And they first gagged. Day. First day. Yep. Oof. Yeah, Beggs lost a Final Four team right out oh, of the shoot. So did I. Oh, well, no, I had him in the Elite Eight. Yeah. I had him in the Elite Eight. But, yeah, a couple of guys in our in, in my pool had him in the final game. <sighs> and then Illinois loses the next, you know, and then half the half the pool's done. One of my coworkers, because we're doing a friendly competition for the morning show, he's not a sports guy whatsoever. But he's got Gonzaga winning the whole thing. So you get that last 32 points or however you score it. It doesn't really matter whether you're 10, 12, 20 behind. You nail that final game. He's got Rutgers in the final four. Oh, Jesus. So I'm probably going to lose to a guy that has that. Right, right. Because he picked the winner. If it happens. And that, to me, as a sports guy, is rather embarrassing. My mom has Baylor winning. So, she's going to beat me again. She's like, I don't want to be in this. I'm like, just fill it out. And now she's going to win. Like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, Fun for everybody else. I guess I'd rather have her win than some of the other jabrones in there. But (laughs) if if they're in my phone, they're my jabrones, I guess. So, that will do it for the intentional foul this week. Oh, by the way. Yes. 24-year anniversary of uh, WrestleMania 13. Saw it on Twitter today. Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. I was there at the Rosemont. Me, Scott Vanderheide, and Brent Jerome. That's awesome. Greatest thing. Greatest match I ever saw. That's awesome. The night Stone Cold was made. All right. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. If you do, if you don't, please do help spread the words. Tell your friends. We will be back with more uh, all next week. I think we ran out of music. So until then, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we'll talk to you next time. And if you owe me bracket money, pay me!